Welcome to the Daily Jamingo. I am your host, John Jamingo. And today we're going to talk about Texas and and the Republicans and how they are just kicking themselves in the nuts, just stepping on rakes all over the place over abortion. They just don't get it. It's a losing argument. There's a lot of different ways to go at this. But this zero tolerance for abortion is a loser, loser. And, and the thing is, the more that they sit there and say, hey, guess what? Uh, you, you know, we're, we're, we're in a state, Texas, Texas, we're in a state that doesn't allow abortions. OK, great. I, all right. See what happens, because the, the Democrats will go out there and wallop you with it. They will take this issue and beat you about the head and shoulders until you're bloody and 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 almost passed out. And the reason I say that is that even even conservatives don't want the there's zero abortions. There's a there's a limit. Why are we still fighting about this? Make it 15 weeks. Up to 15 weeks, you get an abortion, and that's that. Why? Why? Listen, if you don't want to have an abortion, don't have an abortion. Nobody's telling you to have one. A lot of people won't, but there are people that are. And then what happens is you get the perfect storm where there's a mother who has a problem with the fetus and also it is harmful for the mother, and they were supposed to be able to get an abortion for that. Texas stepped on another rake and hit themselves right in the nuts. Uh, Bob's being creepy in the chat again. Creepy Bob. Creepy Bob. <laughs> creepy Boomer Bob is in the chat again. Uh, so, yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because now hang on a second. Let's see if this works because of this. really do have a tight timeline between that, right, and when the, the baby could be considered viable outside the womb. And then that even limits your um, options even more if you want to get an abortion, if your state doesn't allow that. Of course, Texas is one of the most strict on the books. And you, you have Ken Paxton, who is a lawyer, not a medical doctor, we should emphasize. He is arguing that this woman's situation does not fit uh, the definition of life-threatening of Texas law and that her future fertility is not impacted anymore from this pregnancy with any other pregnancy. I mean, basically he's saying just because this fetus has a life-threatening condition, that doesn't impact her future fertility more than any other pregnancy, even if it was normal. What do you say to that? So just as I can't weigh in on the nuances of the law, Similarly, it's not a lawyer's place to weigh in on the nuances of medicine. If this woman's doctor is saying that carrying this likely um, this, this uh, pregnancy to term is threatening her future health, we need to take her doctor's word. Moreover, as an emergency physician, what worries me even more is all of the folks that are coming into emergency departments across the state of Texas and in other states with similar laws who don't have the time to wait, who are literally facing life-threatening conditions the physicians caring for them are being forced to go through this same legal rigmarole in order to care for the patients in front of them who are facing incredibly time-sensitive, life-threatening conditions. Again, not to say that Kate's case is not time-sensitive. Each week that passes puts her and the rest of her family more at risk. 
And if I can say one more thing here, it's that I get deeply worried about what would happen to the United States if folks had to travel outside of the U.S. in order to get this life-saving health care, because abortion is part of reproductive health care. At Olive Garden, Damn it. more is merrier. From a first course that never ends to festive favorites piled high. Well, that didn't work too well now, did it? So what's going? What I did was I set up my stream deck to be able to go from scene to scene with Streamyard, and that didn't work. All right, so back to Kate, uh, Kate, Kate Cox. All right, so she has, uh, she has an issue, and it, now listen, when you have Ann Coulter, who is a staunch conservative, when you have her basically agreeing. With the left, <sighs> what is going on here? I know. Here we go. God, it's, it's going to be a rough day today. Uh, Ann Coulter on Twitter: the pro the pro life movement has gone from compassion compassion for the child to cruelty to the mother and child. Tismy eighteen is not a condition that is compatible with life. And I got to say that Republicans, you're really stepping on, you're really stepping in it again because this is the reason why you lost the midterms because of this right here. And I'll be honest with you, the, the Democrats are starting to look, not Democrat voters, they're morons, but Democrats, the politicians, some, they have... To be honest with you, some of them are pretty smart and sneaky. What did they do right before the midterms? They leaked out the um, Supreme Court decision that they were going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Then they overturned it. And then the red wave turned into a red trickle. And they just barely won the House. And they didn't win the Senate. So here we go. All right. Here we go again. This this abortion is uh, what would you call it? the abortion law? Is not something to hang your. It's not the hill to die on. We've got bigger problems in this. All right, I, I just don't understand it. And they're just now you get this. There's this person. Her name's Brittany Page, and I, I'll sit there and spend all day disagreeing with her. Okay, this time she's right. Here we go. Imagine your life is in danger and you're unable to access desperately needed medical care. Instead of going to a hospital, seeing a doctor, obtaining the care you need, you first appear here in court on Zoom. So a non-medical professional can decide whether or not you should be allowed to have the needed medical care to save your life. This was the situation for a Texas woman named Kate Cox, as shown there on Zoom. She was being prevented from accessing the care that she needed. Texas was forcing her to carry a fetus knowing that she had been admitted to emergency care four times in the past month, that her future ability to have children was threatened by continuing her pregnancy, and that the fetus had a deadly condition and would not survive childbirth, or if it did survive, would live a very short and painful life. 
The case was awaiting a decision from the Texas Supreme Court, but Kate couldn't wait. She left the state to obtain necessary medical care that she could not get in Texas. But think of all the people in Kate's exact situation who can't just leave. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Shut up. So she's right. Okay. Yeah. She could. The, the Kate had to leave and now she's out having the abortion that she should have got. She should have been able to have in Texas. The only thing I th- say for sending people out of state is that now Texas performs how many abortions? After a while, they're not going to be good at it because they don't do enough. You send them to someplace like California where they're where that vacuum cleaner's going 24-7, sucking those babies out of the wombs. That's where I'd want to go. I'd want to go where they have them all the time. But this back and forth, I mean, you just you give the, it's almost like Republicans, you don't want to win. You don't want to win. Joe Biden is a basic, demented old man who can't even can, can't even get a, like me two or three sentences together, and the country's in shambles. Food prices are high, and this is the hill you guys are going to die on. I just think you just here's what honestly this is what I think somewhere in the next year to four years. Whatever's the crash that's coming is going to come, and the Republicans don't want to be holding the hot potato when it happens. That's the only thing that makes sense. Nobody wants to fix anything. Nobody wants to fix anything in this country, except my man Vivek. He wants to fix shit, but no, he's in third place now. I think. I don't know. That's what the polls say. That's what the press says. I have no idea. So, again, we'll see what happens but this whole abortion thing, stop it. Stop with the, I, I mean, just 15 weeks. Just let's do it. 15 weeks and we're done. Up to 15 weeks, fine. And then here's the other thing. After 15 weeks, if a doctor signs off on it for a medical, you know, for a, di- a medical condition like Kate Cox has, then we it gets done. And that's it. God. No one's telling the Christians to have abortions. No one. I could see if this was like China and you you got you had uh, two kids. You can only have two kids and then the third one has to be aborted. No, no. That's not what you're doing here. You can have as many kids as you want. Christians, knock yourselves out. Do like that um, Kate plus eight or or the other ones that were down in the, down the south had 19 kids, for Christ's sake. Go ahead. Hop away. Push those things out like every nine months. Who cares? As long as you, yeah, as long as you can take care of them. That's the other thing about Republicans: no prenatal care, no uh, child care credits, none of that. They don't want any of that. But God forbid you take a child that's never going to, that's not going to live more than a year or so, and abort it, and then the mother can't have any children afterwards. That, I mean, you just look like such assholes. I mean, such assholes. And then you just lose all credibility and people hate you. And this is a popularity contest. So, anyhow, uh, Fine Wining Podcast is here. Hello, everybody. Says, uh, everybody loves a good suck. There you go. All right. That's enough with the abortion. Uh, 
one thing the Republicans are holding their line the line on, especially in the House, is the uh, taking and spending the mo- spending, giving Ukraine more money. This has got to stop. And you know, again, we knew that this was what was it? Not even a month into this conflict, people knew what to do. Just give them the Donbass region. And just say, uh, and no NATO and no EU and give Ukraine, you know, guarantees on protection. And then that's it. And be done with it. No, we got to sell. We got to sell more uh, arms and shit to Ukraine. And we're paying for it. The United States government's we're paying for it. Not Ukraine. So here's a. the new House Speaker of the House, what's his name? Johnson. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for Americans age 18 to 49 in this country. Fentanyl poisoning because it's allowed over the border. We have human trafficking and all the other terrible things. In the last three months, October, November, December alone, we've had more illegal crossings at the border than in any entire year during the Obama administration. The American people see this, they feel it acutely, they see all the terrible societal ills that come from this, and it must be addressed. So I've made this very clear, again, from the very beginning, when I was handed the gavel, we needed clarity on what we're doing in Ukraine and how we'll have proper oversight of the spending of precious taxpayer dollars of the American citizens, and we needed a transformative change at the border. Thus far, We've gotten neither. Uh, the Senate has been MIA on this. The House passed H.R. 2 six months ago, more than six months ago. It's been sitting and collecting dust on Chuck Schumer's desk. I have told him personally, I've told the National Security Advisor, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, that these are our conditions because these are the conditions of the American people. And we are resolute on that. It is not the House's issue right now. The issue is with the White House and the Senate. And I implore them to do their job because the time is urgent. And we do want to do the right thing here. With that, I'll... I'll, I'll That's it. Everybody, scream your questions. Scream your questions. So, and we as the United States citizens and as taxpayers, we put up with this shit. So he took a bill from the House, sent it to the Senate, and now Chuck Schumer won't vote on it. Why? Because the Democrats are going to vote it down. And once the Democrats vote it down, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. They might be able to pass it. Oh, I know what it is. My brain's like scrambled eggs today. They don't want to give money for the border. They don't want to close the border. They want as many illegals to get in here before the next election, because when the next election comes, and if it's not Donald Trump that wins this, well, if it's Trump that wins this thing, then that border's going to shut tight. And then, hopefully, if he's a man of his word, he will start going around and sending all these people, rounding them up and sending them back again. Because especially in the cities, they can't handle it. They, the, it's too much of a strain on our system. That's okay. The American taxpayers, we got plenty of money. F- money for the illegals, money for Ukraine, money for Israel. It's just, oh my God. It's just how much more can the American taxpayer take it into Keister? How much more? I just, you know, it, coming in, I tell you what, it's a grind coming in here every day and, and talking about this because it's not getting any better. And then the more you watch it, the more aggravating it gets. 
And then you feel like you just, I feel like the old man's standing on a, get off my lawn. But you talk to Biden voters and they're still going to vote for Biden. Oh, Trump, bad man, bad tweets. Grab them by the pussy. The only thing that I have against Trump is was he, he rushed that vaccine out. And they played him for that, too. They knew this was coming. They knew the pandemic was coming. And when I say they, the globalists, they knew this pandemic was coming. They set him up. They had the vaccine ready. They already had it because they knew this thing was coming. They had the vaccine ready. Everybody was screaming for it. Trump's like, don't worry. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it faster than anybody ever got a vaccine. And they're all like, you go, Trump. You go. So then he gets the vaccine. These motherfuckers waited until he, they had it. They had it. They could have got it to us any time. They waited until he was voted out of office. And then they go, guess what? The vaccine's ready. And then Joe Biden and the Democrats, they just pushed it on everybody. And everybody was taking the jab and all the gaslighting that went along with it. And now people are having a shit fit over this because where is my thing? You know, what I'm going to do is show you a video of when the vaccine came out and the same people now. Here we go. Bill Moore, ladies and gentlemen. Biden's kind of kicking ass. 97 million vaccines have got 2 million a day now. Uh, But one reason why they're doing so well with that is they expanded the list of who can give uh, shots. I went to my vet. Oh, it's fine. It's a little different. He gave me this shot and he put a cone on my neck. I, I, I I didn't get COVID the whole 14 months. Then as soon as I got the vaccine, like, a month later, I got COVID. I think they're connected. And when you get the vaccine, it, 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 by its d- design, it lowered my Im- immune system. The messaging should be get a vaccine because it's good for you to do it. It works. You're not going to have to be uh, doing anything like abnormal. You can live your life. I mean, that has got to be what the message is. Uh, I'm announcing a, a petition with the Supreme Court of Florida to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate any and all wrongdoing in Florida with respect to COVID-19 vaccines. Now, I have to say, DeSantis was one of the quickest to flip-flop of any political person uh, that was in charge as as far as the vaccine. He's like, okay, we're going to get it out there. He gave it to all. He made sure all the old people got it. And... And then as soon as they found out that this thing was not working and where they were having adverse effects for it, he was he was quick to just say, well, and then the other thing he did was if people wanted it, they could get it. If they didn't want it, they didn't have to get it. Ron DeSantis did COVID right. It's a shame that he he he, they, he needs to be like the chief of it'll never happen. He needs to be Trump's chief of staff. He really does. He can get shit done. He's just, he's not a good politician. And the main bottom line of this video is I'm expecting the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine to be authorised by the UK authorities just after Christmas. And I don't think it's too much of an exaggeration to say that this is going to change uh, the world or certainly change the world of the pandemic. And, and, and through that, the world it is going to be massively significant, as we'll, as we'll see. 
That's what he said, and it was, but not for the reasons he thought at first. Um, Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine has been branded as defective. Um, claims of efficacy were vastly, vastly overstated, and as we'll see, that uh, this is in fact the case. Uh, you could argue it was very vastly overstated. I don't want to jinx the vaccine. This is Dr. Drew. So I'm not going to talk Why? about that yet. Because said- I'm just fearful something's going to happen. I want Wait, to get you're, it so badly. You're set up, though. To go. I have an appointment to get the vaccine tomorrow. It is the Pfizer vaccine, but I, I can't care less whether it's Moderna or Pfizer. Just give um, it to me. Yeah, just get it to me. And I had a horrible reaction to the vaccine. I have a son that had a terrible reaction to it. And I'm really very, very concerned. Making a healthy person sick because of something, an intervention we do as physicians, do no harm is completely violated by the COVID vaccine. We are making a healthy person sick. Fortunately for this country, the procurement and rollout of the vaccine has been such an excellent job compared to our competitor economies. It's the vaccines that are causing excess deaths in New Zealand, just like it's the vaccines causing excess deaths in the UK and elsewhere. So can we please have a statement now from the government suspending these uh, experimental mRNA vaccines before any more death and harm is done to our population. Thank you. We need to understand where this vaccine hesitancy is coming from. There is some uh, irrational, clearly irrational reasoning behind why people don't want to take the vaccine, which is based upon very blatant false information that's circulating on social media. When you look at all the drugs out there that people are taking, vaccines by far are the safest. In the trials that led to the... So that's, you heard him there. Now here's, he's on Joe Rogan now. Now, this is the guy's like, there's uh, misinformation, and that's why people don't want to take it. And, and we got to get in front of that. Now, here he is on Joe Rogan. Same guy. Approval by the regulators. You are more likely to suffer a serious adverse event from taking the vaccine, hospitalization, disability, life-changing event, than you were to be hospitalized with COVID. So what that means is it's highly likely this vaccine, mRNA vaccine, should never have been approved for a single human in the first place. And they're still, they're still giving it to people. There's, there's commercials for it now. Get your flu shot and your COVID shot. I'm afraid to go get a flu shot now. I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to take another vaccine again. That's what these. That's what this did. It has made people completely hesitant to get any vaccine. Nobody trusts the. They don't trust the the pharmaceutical companies anymore. I was watching uh, Frasier, the reboot of Frasier, and it's on Paramount Plus. And there's a commercial, and it's usually a pharmaceutical commercial. For, I don't know for this, for that, for shingles, for this, for that. And then as I'm watching this, because you can't fast forward to the commercials, that if after they give you the side effects oh it could cause this could cause death could cause you know bleeding out of your eyes could cause all these other things i'm like who would take this who would take this but they're pumping it man they're pumping it in the beginning it's all happy da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden when they go to do the side effects it's just like ah, and they just kind of glaze right past it yeah if you're allergic to it could cause death could cause this could cause that got me a break uh, I want to get back to the anti-Semitism that is going on in colleges around the country and how in Pennsylvania, the U- University of Pennsylvania, their president had stepped down, not Harvard, 
Harvard's doubling down. You know why? Because they have a black woman, and we're not sure of her sexuality. I haven't, I haven't heard anything about her sexuality. But if you got a black woman, and God forbid if she's uh, part of the LGBT community, she's bulletproof. There's nothing that you can do to her to make her quit, or you can't fire her. She's stuck in there like a tick on a long-haired hound. So <laughs> Harvard, I swear, I can't believe this. But uh, here they are. This is what they said. Dear members of the Harvard community, as members of, uh, members of Harvard's corporation, we today affirm our support for President Gay's continued leadership of Harvard University. Our, intense, yeah, our intensive deliberations affirmed our confidence in President Gay is the right leader to help our community heal and to address the very serious societal issues that we are facing. So many people have suffered tremendous damage and pain because of Hamas's brutal terrorist attack, and the university's initial statement should have been immediate, direct, and unequivocal condemnation. Calls for the genocide are despicable and contrary to the fundamental human values. President Gay has apologized for how she handled her congressional, congressional testimony and has committed to redoubling the university's fight against anti-Semitism. With regard to President Gay's academic writing, because once they found out about it, they said, you know, Internet do what Internet do. They started digging into her papers and stuff, what she did publish, and they found that she, it looks like she plagiarized stuff, allegedly plagiarized stuff. So they said... In regards to President Gay's academic writings, the university became aware in late October of allegations regarding three articles. As President Gay's request, the fellows promptly initiated an independent review by distinguished political scientists and conducted a review of her published work. On December 9th, the fellows reviewed the results, which revealed a few instances of inadequate citation, <laughs> which means... She just stole. She just stole it. Um, where I lost my spot. Uh, inadequate uh, citations. While the analysis found no violation of Harvard's standards for research misconduct, President Gay is proactively requesting four corrections in the two articles to insert citations and quotation marks that were omitted from the original publications. Yeah, she plagiarized. But whatever, we'll just go back and fix it now. In this tumultuous and difficult time, we unanimously stand in support of President Gay at Harvard. We champion open discord at academic and academic freedom. And we are united in our strong belief that calls for violence against our students and disruptions of the classroom experience will not be tolerated. Harvard's mission in advancing knowledge, research, discovery that will help address societal issues and promote constructive discourse. And we are confident that President Gay will lead Harvard forward in accomplishing this vital work. So there you go. Now, are they going to do anything about what happened to Jewish students on Harvard? No, they won't. And I can't wait to see what happens the next time something like this pops off. Next time there's a, a pro-Palestine rally and uh, they, they get in the face of Jews, let's see what happens. Let's see if there's any teeth behind this. I say no. I say they'll cover it up. Now, uh, there's going to be a lot of Jewish um, protests, you know, in support of 
you know, Israel, and let's see if they clash. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, you know, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, you're a white supremacist. And then finally, somebody struck back. And I was very, very happy about this because this is my new answer to when someone says Trump supporters are some Trump supporters are white supremacists. Catch this. That's what I love about this. Are you voting for Trump? Yep. White supremacist. How? How can you? Now, for the people that are listening, there's a woman there and she's standing there, no mask on. And then the Biden supporter is there with the mask on. They all still masked up. They all got their masks on because that is their new battle cry, the face diaper of the liberals. Can you say that? How can I say if you vote for Donald Trump, you're a white supremacist? How? How? Because you support that man in office. That's not an argument. I'm going to need proof that that makes me a white supremacist. You're going to have to break down the argument. That's not my job to say that. You just accused me of being a white supremacist. You should be able to back that up. Are you voting for Donald Trump? I sure am. That's my my proof. Are you voting for Joe Biden? Yes, I am. Then you're a pedophile. No. Yes, you are. You're a pedophile. How? You like to sniff kids. You're a kid-sniffing pedophile. If you, All you Biden voters are kid-sniffing pedophiles. Can that be? Yes. I think that is going to be the title of this episode. Kid-sniffing pedophiles. Hang on a second. Let me just type that in here. Kid-sniff pedo. There we go. Now I, now I have that. All right. Yeah. That's what I say. If you're going to sit there and call Trump supporters just white supremacists and uh, race, racist and uh, anti-LGBT, just everything that they call Trump's and Trump supporters, then we're just going to fire back. We're going to fire back at you. See how they like it. All right. Let me go to the chat. Here we go. So Bob, my only fan, says... They held the vax because nobody wanted Trump's vax. They wanted Biden's vax. Okay, good. Let's hang it around Biden's neck. Okay. And then he also says, yeah, but the vax made a shitload of billionaires. So win-win? Well, not not if you took it. I took it. I got two shots of it. I got two shots of the Pfizer. I was in a hospital, what, a week later? Chest pains. Still have problems. Still getting chest pains every once in a while. Yeah, you're fat. No, that's true too. All right, here we go to the to the meat and potato of today's show: elevator stories. Now, I don't know how I got into this uh, algorithm, but now all I get on my social media is elevator fails, and I'm here for it. So here we have three Chinese men. This is in China. And they're working on, this is an industrial lift, as you can see. Uh, now, if you're not, if you're just listening, they're, they're trying to get some kind of, push some kind of heavy load on this elevator. And I'll have a story after this. I had the same problem one time on a job. So here's two of them. They're getting ready to push this on here. Now, from what I see, this must be a drum elevator. And because I don't see the counterweights coming up or if the counterweights are already above them. I don't know. I don't know if this is a low floor and the counterweights. Are, it doesn't look like it because there's a cable to the right side. It, it looks like it should be on the counterweights. So, okay, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. 
Push it. Okay. Now they got the load on there, and apparently it's too much, so now it's going through the brake. And since they're pushing on it, they're falling into the elevator. And this other guy tries to grab one of them, and he gets pulled into. And then this poor guy right here, I think he had his head cut off. Not sure, but I'm pretty sure that's And then they stopped it. So I think they stopped it before the counterweight went up. That's the way I look at it. But the really good thing was the, the door activator, if the elevator's not there, that worked because it shuts. So, all right, so that's elevator story number one. And uh, I had a refinery down in Delaware that I worked on. It was called Motiva. And it was the worst job that I've ever been on in my time. I hated getting calls there. I hated it. And I used to go there all the time because they were constantly, constantly breaking these elevators because it's dirty, they're old, they didn't want to do any kind of modernization to them, and it was, it was crazy. So every once in a while, now, Mike, I think they're dead. I, pretty much that one guy looked like he got his head cut off because his head was still sticking out as, it, as the thing came down past the, the, as the cab came down past the sill. So I think it probably popped that head off like a, just popped his head off like a chicken. Uh, so anyhow, I'm working at Motiva, and they're doing what they call a turnaround. So that what they do is they come in, they shut everything down, they clean everything up, and I'm up at the very top of the se- up th- at the very top floor where this elevator is. It's a five thousand pound capacity freight car. I mean, so it should be able to handle like six thousand pounds. And these guys had this ch- giant, like, elbow. Uh, pipe right and when i say that the the dynamic just the circumference of the the pipe was at least three feet and it was completely blocked up with what i call it looked like coal and this thing weighed a ton so they're like we got to take it down i said you can't put that on the elevator's too heavy he goes ah what's the capacity of the elevator i said five thousand pounds he goes oh that's no more than like four thousand pounds that's fine I said, if that pipe was empty, it'd be close to 4,000 pounds. That's how big this thing was. Like, you could walk inside of it. It was huge. And it was full of this black tar, like hard black tar. So they're like, we're going to push it on there. I said, I wouldn't push it on there if I were you. I don't think it's going to work. We're going to do it. It's fine. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a dollar for every pound that that thing is under 4,000 pounds. If you give me a dollar for everything, every pound, it's over 5,000 pounds. And the guy goes, you're on. So they go to push it on. And I said, gentlemen, I said, let me just tell you something. When you go to push this on, nobody steps on the elevator. All right. We push it and we keep it rolling and we just push it and we just push it in there. Okay. Nobody gets on the elevator. Nobody gets near the elevator. Same thing just happened to that elevator. Just happened with these guys. They push that thing on and that thing just down it went. And I hear Now, the cables are going over the shift so hard, I can hear them singing. And I quick grab the doors and slam them shut because the counterweights are coming up. So I slam the doors shut, and I back away, and I hear, kapow! And then I hear all kinds of shit falling. So what happened was, the counterweights came all the way up, 
as fast as that car went down, they came up and they bounced it in the overhead. And when they bounced, because if the counterweight's 5,000 pounds and the cab is, let's see, the cab probably weighed about another two. So that seven plus 40% of the capacity, it's 9,000 pounds of weight. About 9,000 pounds of weight are in that counterweight. So that thing came up, hit, and the frame broke. And all those counterweight uh, weights, they're about, I don't know, about an inch thick, probably about two foot wide and probably about six foot long. And there's a shitload of them. Well, when that thing broke, they all went down the hoistway. It was a fucking mess. There was, they were stuck inside. They went through the cab. Someone went through the cab, through the cab floor, and were stuck in the concrete down in the pit. I mean, it was a nuts. So I was like, that's it. We're done here. And they go, what do you mean you're done here? I said, that, that elevator's destroyed. That's gonna, you're going to have to put a whole new elevator. I, I mean, everything's done. Cab's done. Counterweight's done. Cables are shot. All that singing over the, the uh, shiv probably wore a groove in the shiv. Now, the shit, now that's done. So they're like, well, we, this is turnaround. We need that up right away. I said, that's not happening. So I called the supervisor. I said, send out a salesman because this is all, this is all basically misuse because they pushed it on there. So now they got to get that pipe because they got to get the pipe out. They got to take and clean that pipe out. So they, go to, they take it out. So they bring a crane over. They drive the crane over and they pick it up. And they now, because it's an insurance thing, they need to know how much it weighed. It weighed eight. Let me think about it. It was 5,000 pounds. It weighed 12,000 pounds. It well, weighed that piece of pipe with all the stuff in it weighed 12,000 pounds. It was over double the capacity of the elevator. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I said, let me think about that. I said, 5,000, 12,000. I said, I think you owe me about, I said, I think you owe me about $7,000. The guy's like, fuck you. <laughs> so. Oh, well, I think it took them over a year to put that elevator back together again. I mean, everything had to come out. Motor, controller, all the interior, everything had to The only thing that was left was the rails. Everything else came out of that elevator. So that's elevator story number one. This is called Lucky Dog. So here we have, for the audio listener, there's an elevator door, you know, hoistway door there, and there's a dog and it's stuck about, I don't know, a foot from the top. It's it's on a leash. And it's got, thank God, it's got a body harness on because it's just sitting at the door. So here we go. Guy walks up. Looks. He's looking at his phone. All of a sudden, he sees something watching him. So he's like, what the hell is watching? So he backs up and he looks up right about here. Nope. And he's like, holy shit, there's a dog there. So he can't open the door. So what he does, he grabs the dog, lifts it up, can't get the thing undone. So he just grabs it, pulls it down, and pulls the dog away. So there you go. That's not bad. Saves the dog. Way to go. I have a story about that. So I am at working at the uh, Rittenhouse Hotel. And I get a call. And they said, hey, we have an entrapment in the one elevator, but we need you to come here first before you go to the elevator to the security room. I said, okay. So I go to the security room and inside the elevator, they have cameras. 
So there's a guy that lives there, and he had two dogs that looked like, actually looked like the Duchess's dogs. That's what kind of dogs they were. They were Yorkshire Terriers or some, something like that. They were that kind of dog. And this guy used to come down every day and walk his dogs out in Rittenhouse Square, and he loved those dogs. So anyhow, he's waiting to go on the elevator, and somebody's talking to him. The car comes down. The door opens, and one dog goes to get on the elevator because that's what happens. You get the door opens, you get on the elevator. Well, he's talking. He's not paying attention, and the door shuts. And the door, just like that thing that I showed last night on my boomer bunker, the elevator starts running up. Dog's inside, and the leash pulls. And the guy's like, what? He looks, and all of a sudden, the leash pulls at the top, and then that's it. And he's trying to – they're screaming, and they come over, and they open up the door, and the elevator's stuck up about here. So when I go to the office, they got the cameras in there, and they said, we got to get this guy away from the elevator. He won't get away from the elevator. But you can't bring it down to the bottom floor because the dog is – it ripped the dog's head off. It actually ripped the dog. You can see it in the thing that the collar was gone. And, and what happened was it, when it came up, it broke the lock. So I go over and I say, okay. So I get the elevator, and the guy's at the lobby, and I run it all the way up to the next where, where the next landing where I could get to it. And the security guys went in there and got the dog out and cleaned up the best they could. And then I I ran the elevator down so I could work on the lock to fix the lock because the lock had he, the, the dog leash had caught, the loop had caught, and when it caught, it pulled the door lock up and, and broke the door lock. But it wasn't, it was there was too much pressure. It pulled the dog collar against the door and just pulled its head right off. So uh, they had to go down and tell the guy that the dog was dead. And as I'm down there working on the lock, because I'm not opening that door. There's no way I'm open Because as soon as I open that door, that guy's going to say, where's my dog? And I'm not telling him because that's not my job. So I hear them come over and they say, yeah, the dog was killed. And then the guy was crying and want, you know, just sobbing, sobbing. And they're trying to get him out of the lobby, and he's he's just sitting there. I don't know if he was sitting on the ground or what happened, but he's, I want the dog, I want, I want, I want, I want the dog, I want the dog. So apparently they had to give him the body of the dog, two pieces, head, body, take it, take it, take it down the, take it down to laundry and have him sew the dog's head back on. So they took the, they gave the guy the dog, and then. Now, the guy wants to sue the elevator company because the dog was killed. And believe it or not, in Pennsylvania, you can't sue for losing a pet. Like if somebody does something that kills your pet, you can't sue for that. But he was furious, and he wanted a piece of me. And then the the manager, the security manager said, listen, you got to stay away from this guy because he wants to talk. He wants to talk to you. And I said, yeah, I have nothing for him. I mean, you just can't let the dog go in there. It was another time at the same hotel, St. Rittenhouse Hotel. The guy got, the guy goes in. He's going to, he's smart, right? This is what he's going to do. He's going to vacuum in the elevator, right? So he goes to vacuum. So he goes in with the vacuum and uh, he's vacuuming and the door's shut. And the thing takes off. All of a sudden, the guy in the lobby says, oh, so I hear his, <laughs> and the thing came. The, it pulled the cord and started pulling the cord up the hoistway, and it pulled out of the wall, and it got caught in the door and snapped. It's, the cord snapped. This time, it didn't break the lock. It snapped, and then the 
that went up the hoistway, cable hanging out of the door, and got caught in something in the hoistway. And then they grabbed the vacuum cleaner and tried to pull it out of the elevator, but it pulled it up against the door, which pulled the doors, the bottom of the doors open, and then shut the car down. So the guy's in the, the, guy's in the elevator screaming, get me out of here, get me out of here. I don't know what's wrong with it. So I had to get it on the elevator next to it, take it out of service, drive it up, see what's going on. I'm like, oh, my God. So then I get this elevator, take the top up to the top of the other one, climb across then get on the other elevator and then try to pull like I'm I got a big uh like broom and I'm trying to get the cable and pull it up to where I can get the you know so I get some slack so we can pull it back in again and then I had th- at that time I got the door shut and I ran it down on inspection to get him out then I had to fix the elevators so there's my two elevator stories for you one dog gets killed Second one, no one got hurt. I mean, the first one, no one got hurt. Just uh, destroyed an elevator. Second one, we lost a dog. So there you go. Here's my here's my elevator stories for you. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Hey, listen, I just want to talk to you about a, a few things. Uh, because I, when I first started this, I wanted to do it noon. And then I found myself basically spending the whole day trying to get ready for the show. And and, uh, and the same thing right now at 5 o'clock. So I think at the beginning of the new year, as we get the Daily Jamingo rolling, the almost Daily Jamingo, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday Jamingo, uh, I think I might move it to 7 o'clock. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a better time. I hope, you know, for live, more people will be able to watch because right, right now it's uh, like 5.45, Eastern time, people are eating dinner. Not too many people can watch it live. You know, I got Mike here and uh, Bob here in the chat, so that's about it. But uh, I'm still mulling it around. I got a couple weeks, but I think in the beginning, first of the year, I think we're gonna I'm gonna move it to seven o'clock and see how it does at that time slot. So thank you for hanging in here. I appreciate you. And uh, guess what? I'll find some more stories for you tomorrow. All right, everybody have a good night. That's it. We're just getting into it.